Blog Talk Radio. Uh, good morning and welcome to House C Internet Radio, located at 231 6th Avenue here in Beatrice, Alabama. We're getting ready to do a celebration, a 50-year silver anniversary for the Flying Clouds out of Vinberg, Alabama. That's 50 years. Alabama New Congressional District Number 2. We're located at um, 231 6th Avenue here in uh, Beatrice, Alabama on a beautiful morning. Time is about 1.38 a.m. in the morning. We want to talk to you, um, Monroe County and Beatrice and the surrounding areas that follow House Production Gospel about um, the upcoming March the 5th um, primary election, um, focusing primarily on uh, District Number 22. Who's running um, in this race for um, the new district, number 22? Um, There are quite a few candidates running for this district. And I want to focus on um, primarily Monroe County. He's in one of the is in one of the counties in the new district number 22. Alabama News Second Congressional District on the map approved by a uh, federal court in uh, in October. This map will u- will be used for the first time in the 24 2024 election. And um, as you can see. Uh, the district is um, comprised of um, 41 plus percentage of, of black people um, in this district, and they made it so that uh, it takes in a portion of um, Mobile County, and it goes up a, um, quite a ways. Uh, all of those people qualifying for the March the Fifth primary, <clears throat> which ended Friday for the Democrats and the Republican Party, and all congressional uh, seats are on the ballot. But the District Two became the hottest race after the federal court approved the new map, and as you can see, that's the new map. That's District Two. We got District One down here. District 2, and down at the southern portion of uh, Alabama. But District 2, like I said, became the hottest race after the federal court approved the new map. Now, what does this mean? What does this mean to us here in Monroe County? Well, any county, in fact. Good afternoon. How you doing? It's Brother Howard. Welcome to the radio show. Who we got on the line? Attorney Gillis. Hello. 
Hello? Yes. How you doing? I I am doing great. I'm still trying to learn how to operate all this equipment. But uh <laughs> I'm 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 here and we're gonna uh have a good time. Yeah. We'll be talking about I'll this new comment. Go I'm gonna comment on the federal courts creating these segregated voting districts. Don't people have a problem with that? So are they saying Go ahead. Are they saying, you know, in Louisiana that they told the court to go pound sand because creating segregated voting districts is really going against their slogan of being against discrimination and also segregation. Well, are you saying that blacks, what do they draw this map up and start from one end to the other and zig in and out and try to and capture all the black households? Now, what happens when these black households decide to move? Yeah. Okay, if if you don't mind, um, um, go ahead and identify yourself and uh, if, where you're calling from. Um, My name is Mr. Pianchi. I'm calling from over here in Louisiana. From Louisiana. Okay. All right. Uh, you 301-4402 or 677? Six seven seven. Okay. All right. And um three three four three oh one forty four oh two. Who is that now? Identify yourself. Good evening. Three three four. Okay, well look, um the Alabama Congressional District uh, number two uh came about because of uh in uh, Alabama, there are seven congressional districts, and those districts that are set up, well, really six now, those districts that are set up, there is not a um, black uh, representative for those districts, for the state of Alabama in the, in, the, in the House. And the point of it is that... Um, the black representation in the district is not counted. In other words, uh, you have, um, say, for instance, in the new congressional district number two, 41% of that district is black and 50, uh, the rest of it, uh, 50% of it is a white population. And what they are trying to do is to get a representation for blacks as well as whites. Now, you can find out in Alabama, in Alabama, they have what is called a supermajority. And every, just about all of the elected positions in Alabama are controlled by our white brothers and sisters. Very few black representation is, is there in the, in in get to make the decision. So are they saying that a white politician can't represent a majority of black district? They have that going on in Shelby County in Tennessee with Steve Cohen. He represents a district that's like 60% black. And they're saying that uh, a black 
light-skinned person can't represent a white majority district. There's something Dude, wrong with it. This is 2024 in America. You yeah. tell me. You tell me. You tell me in 2024 in America who controls everything in this country. Is it the money? Is it black people? Is it white people? Uh, is it super majority well, white? Uh, who, who's controlling well, it? Let me ask you a question. I don't know. It depends on where you are. In St. Louis, I know in North St. Louis County, it's blacks that control about three out of the number that you mentioned. But what's going to be next? A majority district for same-sex couples? A majority no, district on, for Asians? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not because I see it coming in different areas. Uh, they're passing a bill, hate crime bills, against Asians. Hate crime bills against Jews. Jews are religion. Now, I can understand your sentiment. I have a sister that lives there in uh, Bethman. I don't know how this affects her, if it it does at all. But if you got a majority black voting district, then your school districts is going to be majority black. Now we're going to bring back busing, busing whites into those majority black school districts because of some sort of pretense. Yeah. Okay. Is that okay. possible? Okay, you you're asking the question then what is the answer? You tell me what is the answer then for equal I representation. That, I think that I think that should be based on what we call de facto where people decide to move, not uh what governments uh create these. You know in uh in certain well, counties, that, that's what in, it is uh, based parishes, on. that, that that's what it is based on where people have moved. Uh, they're redrawing the lines so that they'll give those people an opportunity to be represented where they live. And that's what that's how this district has been uh, put together, taken into consideration <laughs> where they live. Did you take a look at the congressional district uh, number two that they set aside for Alabama to get representation? Now here's, here's well, I'll tell you what, I haven't, yeah. I heard about it, but I'll tell you, I looked at the one that the court tried to want to approve in Louisiana. It runs mm-hmm. from New, it runs from New Orleans all the way up to Shreveport. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different culture up in Shreveport. They don't even like crawfish. <laughs> so <laughs> they don't. So yeah. honest, this is really ridiculous nowadays in time. To say that, well, what uh, is the answer? What is the answer? To, 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 to I get think equal representation, you say it's silly? Well, that's just it. In some areas where you have black pop, uh, black politics, the population complain they don't, it, nothing seems to go right for them. I think it's more of the individual and also the policies. And people don't use politics the way it should be. You should give your representatives marching orders on what it is that you would like to see, and if they don't mm-hmm. accomplish it, then you get rid of them. See, that's 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 um, what's happening now in the country. So many politicians get in place, and they are really there to stay. Uh, because yeah, you've seen, you seen it no the, more played out than in 2020 
when Joe Biden said if you don't vote for him, you're not black. That should have been an outrage against us. Now, what kind of stuff is that? Yeah. See, you 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 coming from a perspective of black white. Who do you believe? No, Joe Biden said that. Yeah, you, that that that's crazy. Henry Clyburn. What kind what kind of crazy stuff is that? It does. I was in the midst of uh, playing a um, about a thirty minute uh, clip that I did on uh, voting. Now, who's to say? Just like you said before, who's to say that a a black can't represent a majority white population? Who's to say a white person can't represent a majority uh, black population? That's according to what the people want. When they vote, they decide that. If they want a white person to represent them, they vote in that manner. If they want a You're black person right, to vote, sir. they vote in that manner. It's about the people You're making this choice. You're absolutely right. The it's thing should the be the making issues. Yeah, it should be that the what should be uh, the the number one is the issues. The issues. I listened to Donald Trump in 2016, and I liked the issues that he pointed out. He pointed mm-hmm. out. He pointed out the protection of American-made goods by imposing tariffs on foreigners. He pointed out school choice with vouchers for disadvantaged families. Those are the issues that I I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And see, see, it's a, there's another thing here in America. Um, here in Monroe County and here in Alabama, I own the radio station, the internet radio station, and my whole point is. American people of all colors and creeds and races, get up off your duffs and go vote. You're always complaining about what this one doing or that one doing or what this one ain't doing or this, that, another. But yet and still, you won't go exercise your right to vote. Voting You're is a faith right. move. And you know they, what else, sir? Go ahead. go ahead. Any person that's running for elected position must have not only people that's running, but people that's holding, like police officers running. They should mm-hmm. have passed a course in the U.S. Constitution and the founding documents of this country. Because mm-hmm. one of the big things is that people in these capacities, they misuse the U.S. citizens' civil and constitutional protections because they're just dumb. How do they misuse uh, these protections? For instance, when they tell a citizen that they cannot film the police, courts have said that's a First Amendment right, for one. When parents say that they don't want their children to be exposed to sexual explicit material, and school boards say you can't do that. When Joe Biden say those are our kids, not yours. That's how they abuse. I, Joe, uh, oh, oh, I, I okay, have no recollection of Joe, Joe Biden ever saying that um, you can expose sexually what, explicit sir, things to children. I don't to, know you, and I have no, no, I have well, you, no you, you, reason you, to lie. He did say that. Well, you can say that. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Look here. Here's another thing. We are caught up on what different human beings do. Do you know that there are, in this world, there's no good human being. We all 
are full of crap and bull, and we all want our way. But the thing about yeah, it is, right. what about what is right? What about what is right? Okay. Yeah. Sure, a parent, yeah, a parent right. don't want their child exposed to sexual uh, uh, material and stuff like that. All right. When you go into a public school, when you go into a public school, there are states in this country right now trying to tell a teacher what to teach and what not to teach. The job of teaching children at home about what is right, whether it's sexual, whatever different type things about sex and all the different stuff going on, you take care of that stuff at the house. And when you go out into the world, the world going to chew you up and spit you out with all kind of garbage and filth. That's Satan, the deceiver, the liar. He's bringing that stuff to you. And if you ain't looking at where the responsibility is to teach your child and show your child right, they're going to fall into the trap. The world don't care nothing about me. You don't care nothing about you. You don't care nothing about either one of us on the approach. The world going to chew us up and spit us out. Well, especially we... if you're especially if your kids are not educated to the point where they can compete with those in other in the field that they they're intending to go into. But you know, you made something a comment by the teacher. Actually, what those children are taught is supposed to be left up to the community and the parents of that community. Well, what can what can we teach uh, the the parents and the citizens of the second congressional district about the candidates that uh that they'll have to vote on uh in this primary coming up on March the uh the fifth. Yeah. Uh, I'd like well, to talk about what... I'd like to talk about the candidates that are uh running for uh at least on the Democratic uh, side and in yeah. and in November, uh, of course the general election, but uh, let's look at the candidates that uh we have got to uh choose among uh, for this second congressional district, this primary that's coming up on March 5th. i tell you what, how it should be. Those, those constituents in that district should call a meeting with each candidate or even have like a panel, and they should let it know what they want to see in their district. It's not what the candidate wants to do. It's what the people want. Do you know who controls the federal government? The federal government gets its powers from the state. States have carte blanche over the federal government, but they don't use it. Judges, Supreme Court cannot make laws. The president don't make laws. Only the U.S. Congress and state legislatures make laws. Of course, you may have a a city that make ordinances, but that's the way the power is supposed to be arranged. It says so in the Constitution. But it's not done. Well, well, what what can you tell me about? Go ahead. Well, I was just asking, what can you tell me about, uh, say, for instance, uh, Representative Anthony Daniels? Uh, We know that he is the uh, House Minority Leader uh, in Alabama House of Representatives. We can talk about the positions that he has taken with regard to health care with regard to uh, taxes on uh, 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 overtime uh, pay. We can talk about uh, his position with regard to education. We can talk about his experience in terms of uh, where he has taught the things that he has actually done. 
I, I think that's what uh, the people that are on this particular blog tonight want to hear, uh, hear about the candidates mm-hmm. uh, uh, so that we can uh, become more enlightened and uh, in a position where we can perhaps choose the right person come March the 5th. Okay, let me I, say I this. I agree with you. Those good points. Brother, you are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, in fact, I got all 11 of them candidates listed, and I got some ads from one of them, for the for, for, for majority of them. But, see, this the other gentleman is, is saying about the minds of human beings and what they want and what parents want, different stuff like that. The person that represents you should represent what you want for your community, your district, your children, your community. That's who should represent you. When you go out and vote, that's what that's all about. Guys like James A. You, Hart, Bracey, you are absolutely right. Are you ready Mika for Coleman, a particular office? Go ahead. If I tell you, you're absolutely right. And are you running for a particular office? Because you got the attitude that many politicians or candidates for a particular office should have. You are a public servant. You have no title of honorability. You are a public servant. The people know best for what they want to have in their community. Parents know best for their children, not school boards, not superintendents, not principals. Now, if you have an illiterate parent base, then you have to work to change that and let them know that you decide what's the best for your child's long-term educational goals. Yeah, and, 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 and guess what? It's kind of like building a park. We're going to get to some of these candidates in a minute. When we build a car, a park for a car, if that part is not designed to fit that car to do the right job, guess what that part is? It's worthless, isn't it? When you come to putting it on the car, it's not going to work. Yeah. When you when I you set a job, I don't. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. You say you have some candidates. I just okay, want let's to say this up. before you leave. Before I leave, because you said something that's really important. We're talking about human beings. Ignorance don't have no respect for skin color. Racism doesn't have any respect for skin color. What's right Mm -hmm. is right. What's wrong is wrong. And we're supposed to bring our children up in the straight and narrow so that when they get to the point of making decisions, it furthers what they've been taught. All right. Let's run right now out here from Anthony Daniels, okay? Then we're going to run some from other. This is Anthony Daniels, okay? 31 Thank you very much. It's time we, time we had someone in Congress fighting for us. As Democratic leader in the State House, Anthony Daniels helped steer millions of dollars into our district, fighting to raise wages, invest in our infrastructure, and create good jobs. Now he's passed a new law, removing state taxes on overtime pay, putting more money in our pockets. It's time for Anthony Daniels for Congress. One of us for all of us. I'm Anthony Daniels, and I approve this message. Paid for by Anthony Daniels for Alabama. I've had an opportunity to meet the people from Anthony Daniels' campaign. I met them in Monroe several days ago, and uh, I appreciate his stance and the position that he uh, is taking. I'm more. And you talk about that. What 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 is 
What's your opinion on that ad that we just read about Anthony Daniel and what he said going to do? 334-301, you still there? Okay, I'm still here. I'm sorry. I thought that maybe that was being addressed to someone else. Uh, I think yeah. that uh, uh, it's, a, it's a good ad. It, it certainly is representative of what Anthony Daniels has uh, done and what he has accomplished uh, throughout his uh, legislative career. Uh, the interesting thing is that uh, he was first elected to the legislature from the Huntsville-Madison County area, but mm-hmm. when he became the uh, Democratic minority leader, uh, that meant that he, uh, in a sense, took on representation of the entire state of Alabama, particularly exactly. from a Democratic from a Democratic side. Uh, uh, this second congressional district and the eleven counties that make uh, up the second congressional district. As the Democratic minority leader, he has had a chance to uh, get federal dollars and be on the inside of the room to dictate and say that, well, we ought to send something over to Barbara County. We ought to send something down to Monroe County. We ought to mm-hmm. send something to Pike County. And so that's how he has effectively been able to serve the entire state of Alabama, at least from the Democratic standpoint, as a minority uh, Democratic uh, uh, representative. Uh, he has a great ability to look at legislation that uh, looks like it's going to pass with that majority Republican vote. But the thing that he prides himself on and he has shown an ability to do is that he'll read those particular bills and then he'll go in there and see if he can't carve out something that's going to be meaningful and beneficial to to the, to the Democrats or to the minority interests that ought to be protected in all of this legislation. Often uh, care is not given to how this is going to affect the minority community. Well, he is one who uh, is making sure that not only do you pass legislation, but you pass legislation that does not detrimentally affect us. And, and, and that is is how I think he has shown his leadership ability. And I say, interestingly, uh, he'll carry that same ability to Washington, D.C. Uh, 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 when bills are presented there, he is going to carve out some space that's going to be beneficial to uh, minorities. He's going to carve out space that's going to be beneficial to uh, females. Uh, he's going to carve out space that will be beneficial to uh, all of the uh, underrepresented. Mm-hmm. And you know what, though? With Alabama having a supermajority, the poor people in the state of Alabama, blacks and white, they're suffering from that. That's why these hospitals are closing. These folks can't pay no bills. That, that's why these um, maternity wards are closed. You can't have that stuff there at no hospital and ain't nobody bringing no money in. And Alabama, with this supermajority of white people, saying no. For what reason? They're saying no. They're saying no. Excuse me for cutting in, but they're saying no. And and but but since we have gone through a cycle, they are now beginning to see how not uh, accepting Medicaid for the entire mm-hmm. state. Uh, they are seeing now how it is affecting them. Because it's because income is not coming into those rural hospitals because uh, they're having to treat 
uh, 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 patients who are not able to pay, they're having to close those hospitals, where on the other hand, if they had accepted the Medicaid money, those hospitals would still be open. It would be open mm-hmm. to uh, not only those who could pay, but it would be open for those who could not pay. And that's the, the, the dilemma in the sense that we are uh, operating on the right now. But again, uh, just in the discussions that I've had with Representative Daniels, uh, one of his goals, is, of course, will be to uh, go back to uh, Governor Ivey and try to convince them that we need to accept these Medicaid dollars so that we can stop these hospital closures in all of these rural places. You're having instances where particularly ladies who uh, need uh, uh, OB care, mm-hmm. uh, they're, having to, they're having to drive an hour in many instances uh, or more to get to a hospital uh, to be taken care of when they're in this uh, childbirth process. Uh, it ought not to be like that. And it would not be like that had we accepted this Medicaid money. These rural hospitals and hospitals that are closest to the voters would be open today, and and we wouldn't wouldn't be uh, this dilemma where you've got to now decide to drive uh, an hour or more away before you can get a child delivered. Mm-hmm. And, and and the thing thing about that is that uh, they can take money, billions of dollars, and build prison cells for Alabama, but yet and still, they can't take that money and uh, assist the poor people in this this state of all races and colors, of all humanity, for health care. Let me ask you this. Um, From uh, your standpoint, uh, uh, you believe Anthony Daniels, you say, will... um, fight in that regard to kind of break that log down because with that supermajority, you either going to have to um, uh, find ways to supplement these hospitals that need money for these things with some kind of other type of help. That's a, that's a whole different new ball game. But how you believe that uh, Representative Daniels uh, will put his foot to the task to Trying to change that? I, I, I know he will. That? Well, uh, there are going to be many different ways, I, I say, uh, uh, how he uh, will be able to try to carve out that space to uh, help uh, poor people, to help minorities uh, in the different legislation that will come before him. Mm-hmm. Often he talks about – often he talks about um, – uh, this uh, pipeline to prison, the way we've got to break that up is that we've got to put more money into the education of our children, and we've got to start mm-hmm. at that pre-K level, and we've got to get all of the money into them at that pre-K level, and after, after we do that for approximately a decade, we will break that, that, that prison pipeline that is in existence right now because you're beginning to educate children. They're being uh, taught skills, reading, arithmetic at an earlier level, and the more kids that we teach at this earlier level, the better results we're going to have, and we won't have all of these uh, 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 individuals going to, to prison and helping that the prison industry. If we would put more money into pre-K 
in elementary school, uh, we could stop all of this uh, nonsense that happens on later on in life. Now, say, for instance, like in uh, Alabama now, um, when they're building these prisons, I worked, uh, that's where I retired from, the, the Alabama uh, penal system. I did 29 years at Holman working in the Department of Corrections. But look, there are so many grade schools throughout Alabama, starting with the third and fourth grade. Kids failing. I mean, they failing now. And in what, 10, 15, 20 years, what are they going to be doing to earn a living? You you don't, from my perspective, they look like they're building them prisoners for them young ones. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Go ahead. I, I think you have. I think you're absolutely right, and that's why I'm just saying that you've got to break that cycle, and one of the ways that you break that cycle, and we think the most meaningful way that we break that cycle, is that we start putting more dollars into these public public schools. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. um, Yes, sir. One of the things that that um, I teach uh, at G.F. Shields High School here in Beatrice. I teach gardening and fishery. I teach them how to grow food. I teach them how to grow fish, um, different stuff, plumbing, different stuff like that. Do it at G.F. Shields. Uh, where we're doing it two times a week now, every Thursday and Friday. We use the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. And they come out for about 20 or class time. We usually run... But uh, it is so much stuff that they don't know, basic. But it, you, you're right. You got to start early. And and I, I mean, I'm, I, this is a bold from my perspective. So for our parents, you know, and I know, we got kids raising kids. That's right. And how do we begin to? Turn, even though we're going to put money there at the early age, how do we get to that mom and that dad? Because, see, you can have in a school system, say, for instance, my daughter is a high school principal there in Monroe. But yet it's still within that system. There is certain schools in that link leading up to them kids getting to the 12th grade over at the high school. They come to that high school already broke. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. From what I, they did you know, get at the lower levels, and, and and again, you know, from from my perspective, I, I think that we've got to call upon uh, 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 people like your daughter. We've got to sit down, Representative Daniel, and, and other representatives have to sit down and listen to uh, your daughter. And listen to the other teachers, and 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 gain from their uh, experience, and then craft a piece of legislation taking into consideration the things that they are being told in terms of how we attack this problem, how we attack uh, uh, the child that is the parent, mm-hmm. uh, how we're going to uh, convince I like them that. I like that. that that they they have an interest in in not only their own outcome but in the outcome of their child. In other instances mm-hmm. where you say that you are teaching them how to fish, how to grow vegetables, and things of that nature, 
there's honor in that kind of work. Uh, I can recall uh, in my lifetime when my daddy, uh, I had to go to the potato field and hold potatoes before <laughs> I went to school. And and but 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 my point is that a crop is produced, a crop can be sold, and there's honor in that kind of work. Some people are just not meant to go, uh, may not go to school. We want to encourage everybody to go to college and graduate. But there are some who say, and I think statistics are not uh, are now trying to bear this out. Some are wanting to pick up skills, useful skills that earn good money. Mm-hmm. There's the automotive industry here in Alabama. Uh, some kids, and I can recall a number of guys that I was in school, elementary on through high school, all they wanted to do was work on cars and mechanics and that kind of stuff. Well, that interests them. It didn't interest me. But we ought to be able to train our kids to do those things that they have an interest in. And I'm talking about whether it's automotive, whether it's electrical, whether it's farming. There is honor in growing crops and, and farming. You can sell those produce. Uh, uh, and, and the different agencies that we have around here, uh, USDA, uh, ought to train us and, and help us and show us how to get these things to market and make mm-hmm. a good living. Mm-hmm. When we well, talk about it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just simply going to say that when uh, you first told me that about the things that you were teaching, I think it's honorable, and I think it's a good thing that you're teaching. They they have a chance to appreciate where food comes from. You start looking upon food, I think, differently and appreciating it more. I don't want to preach anymore. Some of the folks are saying down here in Monroe County, which is in them, one of them, uh, what is it, 13 counties, 10, 11, 12, probably 13 counties in that district, in that new district that they set aside. Well, um, what, how does he feel about, I think you've answered that already, too, the fact that Daniel is out of Huntsville, and he has had the legislative legwork of being a minority leader, and in fact, just like you say, you represent all of black Alabama, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but but uh, what is, what is um, I believe you answered that already. You, ain't, you don't have to say anything about that. But that is what some of the problems they talk about down here in Monroe County. All right, let's run another spot for me. This is a one minute. My journey began in Midway, here in Bullock County. I was out in the fields picking peas with my grandparents when I could barely walk. They were sharecroppers. I remember running up to the rolling store. Grandma would barter with eggs in exchange for groceries. But for me, I wanted that orange ink. I took that work ethic that my grandparents instilled in me, and I applied it to sports. I was a pretty good basketball and football player. Then I tore my ACL, but I kept that work ethic. In 2014, I was elected to the Alabama House of Representatives and elected House Minority Leader by my colleagues, becoming the first African-American and youngest person to receive that honor. It put me in a position to steer hundreds of millions of dollars of economic investment in the 2nd Congressional District. I've worked across the aisle to lure drug calls for seniors. I'm leading the fight to expand Medicaid for working families right here in Alabama. 
I'm Anthony Daniels, the candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Anthony Daniels for Alabama. All right. Are you still with us? Let's see. Hello? Are you still there? I'm here. Okay. Now, um, like I said before, um, one of the things that the folks down here complained about, about him being from up there uh, on the Huntsville and um, my wife come out of, my, out of Huntsville, not where she's from down here, but went to A&M and uh, my daughter graduated from A&M. Miss Summa come lot by half a point, and, uh, the one at Princeton, yeah, Monroe County High School. But from your perspective, um, uh, do you believe Daniel be the man for this district, even though he he doesn't live here? He, he, you know, and and I'm glad you you brought that up. Uh, as they say, sometimes they say, let's talk about that elephant that's in the room. Yeah. But when you say that he is not from here. And we're talking about he is not from the second congressional district, or they say that he does not live here. Mm -hmm. But from the time that he was six months old, he was actually born in Florida. Mm -hmm. But from the age of six months all the way through high school, he lived in Bullock County in Mm -hmm. Midway, Alabama, in the, uh, at least on the east side of the state. Uh, in the Black Belt. He is part of the Black Belt. Uh, he went to and graduated from Merritt High School uh, in Bullock County, uh, conducted and did all kind of athletic activities, uh, academic activities uh, in Bullock County. Now, that ought to count for something. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, he was elected to the Alabama legislature from uh, Madison County or North Alabama. But when he became the House Minority Leader, he didn't try to just simply steer uh, prosperity to North Alabama. He remembered his roots. He would steer millions of dollars, federal monies that uh, uh, are coming into the state. He would steer that money to uh, many, if not all, of the counties that make up the second congressional district. He represents them when he steers money to them, even though his legislative seat is out of North Alabama. Mm-hmm. Anthony is, is the kind of candidate, uh, the other piece that I heard during the ad there that reminds me, he is the kind of candidate who knows how to walk across the aisle and, again, to strike a deal. We, we are a minority We're on a straight-up vote at as a minority, you'll lose every vote because mm-hmm. you're not the majority. That's but it. if you are a if you are a person that can walk across the aisle and convince people and say, this ought, whether you're going to pass that legislation, but these are the kinds of things that you ought to do that will affect and help a minority. And so mm-hmm. you ought to include this in your bill as well. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the things that he wants to do, uh, when particularly when we get all of these new industries that are coming in here. We oftentimes hear about uh, the tax breaks that they get, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Mm -hmm. when they get these tax breaks, they ought to also agree that they're going to set up some some pre-K schools, some nurseries for their minority workers so that these workers can go to that job and at the same time know that they are getting good 
and quality services for their children, that is an idea that we ought to start putting or infusing in all of this, uh, I won't say giveaway money, because you have to attract industry, but in, in attracting industry to the state, look at what we can do to make life better for those employees. Uh, and one of the things that he uh, is, is, is hell-bent on doing is making sure that uh, nurseries, uh, daycare centers are set up within that industry, within that industry compound, to make sure that these employees' children are being well cared for so that they don't have to worry about rushing from here to there to take care of their children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me say this. I, I, I appreciate earlier that other brother, he was after the division that is leading this country. Did you hear what I said? That other brother yeah. is in the line of the division that's splitting this country in half right now. We already split because we ain't the same. Every human being is right. different. God make no two human beings alike. And there's slums in white communities, slums in black communities, slums in all communities throughout the world. We all the same human beings. And I said that in some of And I appreciate you from your perspective of saying, look, that is true. But let's talk about some of these candidates that's vying yeah. for the position for District 2. You see how he left, right? Yeah. <laughs> brother left. Yeah. And, and, and again, like I just thought when I when I first heard him, I, I thought, and then in particular when he said that he was from Louisiana, and, 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 and I don't have anything against people in Louisiana, but yeah. for this evening and what we're trying to accomplish, we're trying to at least share with the constituents of District 2 uh, mm-hmm. information about these different candidates. And and like I say, Louisiana is a fine place. I've gone over there many times myself. Yeah. But but that's not what we're about tonight. Yeah. We're yeah, trying we, to we, get we, ready for March 5. That's it. And guess what? Now, here's another thing I would like to ask in regards to Brother mm-hmm. Daniel. You know about the dismal voting record that's taking place, particularly in the black community, in fact, all over America. Folks just stop right. voting. They absolutely stop voting. Now, here's what we're doing here in Monroe County. I'm with a team of people. What we're doing, we're taking like Monroe County. I'm working with the League of Women Voters out of Huntsville. We're taking like the map for Monroe County. Everyone in the precincts. What we're doing is looking at the poll captains in them districts people that work the poll and know the people that come out to the poll. What we're trying to do is return to the original pattern that we had before where churches and local people raising people and take them to the polls and different stuff like that. Do you know in most churches that you go to down here, I'm just telling you, you can't get up and talk about voting. Right. I'm telling you. It used to be when our white brothers and sisters and whoever else was hanging and beating us and killing us, preachers and teachers and Sunday school teachers and superintendents and principals, what are you talking about voting all the time? Now you don't even hear it. Why you think they drop off? They drop off because you ain't teaching it no more. You ain't talking about it no more. It ain't important to you no more. That's and why and, and I think 
Go ahead. I think that uh, uh, along with that uh, comes this idea that uh, 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 churches uh, uh, are nonprofit entities, and as a nonprofit entity, uh, you shouldn't uh, discuss politics. Um, um, uh, well, I, I think I, I'm sorry. There, there you go. And and I and I think that uh, uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with characterizing my discussion about politics as a civics lesson. They don't teach civics in high school anymore. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't teach. They don't teach. Because uh, 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 Senator Tuberville found out about this. He does, he didn't know the three branches of government. Those are the kinds of things that we used to uh, get inundated with. Mm-hmm. And from the church's standpoint, uh, we can talk about uh, civic duty. It ought to be a duty of every citizen in your church, in the state, to know and participate in government. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we ought to be able to talk about the different candidates. It's not necessarily taking a side. It could be this candidate stands for this. This candidate stands for that. What is compatible with your beliefs? Yeah, what you want in your community. Exactly. Yeah. And all you're doing is explaining the different positions of the different candidates. You're not choosing a side. You're explaining the position, and then you're telling the people in your church, you decide which one you want to follow. You decide which one you want to put in office. But we well, ought not to run from this idea about you can't talk politics uh, in church. We don't want to put uh, in danger our uh, nonprofit status. Well, you don't have to put your nonprofit status uh, in danger. Mm-hmm. If you talk about it and approach it from the standpoint that we're going to have talk about civic responsibility, and civic responsibility includes knowing the candidate so that you can make an objective decision about who you're going to support. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Uh, in the aisles of God's word, what did God, Jesus, tell those disciples? Render the things unto Caesar. Guess what that is? Yes. Government. Yes. Render the things unto God that are God. The spiritual thing. Yeah, he, he, and guess what? The preacher is supposed to minister to who? The whole man. Exactly. All. Exactly. Well, look, what I was asking, what I was, go ahead. No, I, I'm just going to, uh, Pick it back on on uh, again the idea that that um, we we ought not to be intimidated uh, by this idea that somebody's going to say you are choosing sides and you're going to mm-hmm. lose your whatever status. Uh, mm-hmm. I think again the approach would be we are teaching uh, civic responsibility. We're teaching. Uh, knowledge about government, and and in order to get a uh, full and complete picture, you talk about a Joe Biden, you talk about a Donald Trump, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and educate people. This is what Biden is saying and doing. This is what Trump is saying and doing. You put that information out there. You don't have to tell them you ought to go this way or you ought to go that way. You put the information out there, and then you let people decide for themselves yeah. which way they want to go. 
and that's down the that's as down the road as you can get. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, uh, they talk about and, and criticize us whenever we try to um, undertake projects like this, but they're doing the same thing uh, in, their win- in their Wednesday night meetings. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's just like down here, Beatrice. Now, that's a place you call the old commissary now. Now, me, me and my wife, I'm going to say this, me and my wife made a commitment to break down that southern black-white screen that still exists Mm -hmm. in Alabama. There is a group called the Garden Club in Beatrice. They're a garden club, you know, about gardening and stuff like that. And guess what I did at the school? Gardening. Yeah, I had them come out, and we underreacted, and and guess what it led to? Once we started talking about the garden and interacting with the kids, it led to us working with the white side of the communities of bringing about a uh, a, a veteran park. You know, you know that, that you yeah. Going to, yeah, that's breaking down that barrier. But most of us letting that thing keep going. That's what. That's why, you know, that old saying about Sunday being the what. Most segregated, most segregated time. <laughs> Absolutely. We still in there. But yeah. I tell you what, though, I would like to see win, lose, or draw with Brother Daniel. I don't know what, what, what he, how he gonna fall because this process gonna start on the fifth and then go to the sixteenth and then all the way up to you know November. You know to finally exactly to pick who we're gonna get. But right, I sure would like to see him. Uh put some effort with folks like me, not necessarily money, but time and breaking down this thing about black folk voting. We got to go mm-hmm. back to the basic. And, and, and that's, I, w- I would like to see him, uh, whatever, however he come out, is begin to begin to focus on, on, on uh, getting us back doing our civic responsibility. And, let me say, let me say this uh, again. Uh, uh, I'm the optimistic person, and I believe that uh, he will uh, uh, win in this uh, uh, in this effort. Mm-hmm. But I can say, for the time that I have known him, uh, if if you know if there were anyone that came up on the short end of something, for him. It does not mean that he is going to. He will continue to work. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that the broader message that he wants to deliver is that he is absolutely committed to improving the lives and conditions of minorities and blacks in particular. Uh, one of the things that uh, he is saying in that little catch line, uh, "One of us for all of us." Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when people first heard this, they said, well, he, he's trying. No, he is for all of us. Mm-hmm. But he is one of a minority who wants to get in there and, and, and kind of break up uh, this club that the other side is, is holding on to and, and it, at least explain to them uh, how their actions are affecting uh, uh the minority constituents. And that's why he is so dead set on uh, analyzing every piece of legislation, 
looking mm. for avenues that he can use to to deliver for the minority community. But mm-hmm. but um, uh, uh, he has been at work all 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 of his life. Uh, when he graduated from Alabama A and M, there was a period of time I think for three years he uh, uh, served in an in an officer capacity uh, with the National Education Association (NEA). Became mm-hmm. a uh, uh, I mean became a uh, a nationwide officer. Had an opportunity to go to different parts of the country uh, preaching education. He is committed to education, and that's why I say that he is committed to this idea that we need to start at pre-K, and if we can get us a generation of of fully funding pre-K education for 10 years or at least a decade, I think that when we get through that first decade of kids and go into that second decade, we won't have as many kids going to prison, uh, committing Mm -hmm. violent acts uh, as teenagers and stuff. That is the way that we can break the cycle, and he is absolutely committed to breaking the cycle, that we're going to beat this prison industry uh, uh, to Mm -hmm. a position that they are not as as big and, and, and taking all of the taxpayers' money to operate prison. We're going to put that money somewhere else that will help everybody. And, and, and you know what? The thing that you said, uh, the child that's a parent, there is a age bracket between, say, for instance, a, a parent becoming a, 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 the mother of, of a father of a child at what, what, 16, 17? Uh-huh. Okay. If there is a, a certain distance between the, the age of the mother and the, and the father, most of the time the father is totally absent. But yes. the age of the mother and the father and that child, that should be a click off for the child that's a parent. In other words, he or she, that, child, that parent, they need some of that same type of basic stuff. Exactly. That, keep that child on the right track. Yeah. So uh, what, when y'all put this program together, however you want to do it, let that difference between them two ages be the click off, you know, for, okay, okay, now this ain't no 25, 30-year-old having a child. This is a teenager having a child. Yes, yeah. But there's ways to uh-huh. do it now, but we got to pay attention to it and do it. We've got to pay attention to it and do it. And again, um, at least from my perspective, and I I believe from the perspective of of Anthony Daniels, uh, we've got to spend some time talking to uh, people like your daughter. Now, my Mm -hmm. wife uh, uh, is an educator. Uh, She taught at the uh, uh, middle school uh, uh, side of things. She taught at uh, the high school level. And she also taught at the college, collegiate level. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things, she, she's an English major, uh, a liter- literature major, uh, loves to read poems and poetry and all of this kind of stuff. And she tries to influence other kids to uh, 
develop a, a learning or desire and an enjoyment uh, in this arena. But mm-hmm. we've got to listen to we've got to listen to what they have to say in terms of how we do things, how we keep that teenage uh, mother, teenage father engaged in acquiring further education. Just mm-hmm. because you have had a child, that means that you have to you have now have a right to give up online. We've got mm-hmm. to inspire the person. Uh, not only to take care of themselves and to grow themselves, but as they grow, help them to understand that they'll also be improving the life uh, of their child. And mm-hmm. and but my point is simply that we've got to listen to people, and then we've got to craft programs about what we're being told. I'm much more interested in what your daughter would have to say in terms of how we attack uh, education from whatever angle than I am sometimes about uh, some of these learned people. She is in the arena. She is where Mm -hmm. the rubber meets the road. And so I want to know what she has to say. And then we craft programs about around what she has to say. Mm -hmm. Well, look here. Uh, I I gave you a tip off. I don't want to, since we're being heard all over the world, I don't, don't, (laughs) but uh, the high school here in Monroe County, Yes, Monroe County High School. That's your tip off right there. Monroe County High School. But anyway, um, what I, I appreciate you, you, you spending the time. I was hoping some of the other uh, candidates would call in. I, I, I'm gonna keep reaching out to them. We ain't got but a few more days. But what we got to do is lay the groundwork for November. Exactly. What exactly. we're doing. Uh, let, me, let, let, let me go ahead. Go ahead. Go down. Now, well, what I was wanted to do, uh, uh, and, and and when you say that there are a lot of people listening in worldwide, uh, I want to I want to toot your horn. Mm-hmm. I think, and what impressed me more when at least uh, we first met, uh, is the is the fact that. Uh, you're teaching people to, as they say, love the earth, uh, mm-hmm. how to garden, how to do things that are enriching. Uh, I'm reminded of George Washington Carver and Booker T. Washington and all that kind of stuff. I'm a graduate of Tuskegee. But my mm-hmm. point is that uh, uh, there can be a love in the labor, and, and, and you're doing some things that we ought to get back to, and even if even if you want to become uh, this technological person, I still think that there's a, a there's some quality to knowing about how to uh, plant peas, uh, mm-hmm. grow watermelon, uh, and things of this nature. And, and mm-hmm. so I want to commend you uh, for the job that you're doing and the community uh, uh, effort in the community garden that you have there because it will supplement the income or supplement the uh, uh, food uh, pantries uh, of the citizens uh, in Monroe County. And, again, uh, I think it's an admirable thing to to do, and it's an admirable thing to uh, try to pass on to our children. Uh, So I think you are to be commended, and I appreciate uh, it. hearing you talk about uh, the work that you do. 
Yeah. Well, um, I um, I been I was chairman of the board of the Pacer Corporation, which uh, uh, we run four newspapers throughout Alabama. We run uh, my school here, JFCS High School, is the best gardening program uh, at a high school. But uh, I'm 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 in the trenches. I'm, I'm, yes. Yeah. But look, I appreciate you um, spending the time, and I'm gonna try to keep doing this all the way through November the fifth with different candidates because I, I like I really like to see uh, more Americans and especially our black folks know who's running. Don't be waiting for the cheat sheet come out with somebody marked and you yeah. going <laughs> find out about them folks yourself yeah. because it's a faith move. You don't know what they're going to do. You pray and fuss about the God, about your problems, and then when God sends somebody your way, you don't know nothing about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I have enjoyed be, being here tonight, uh, but now don't be surprised if you don't uh, run into my phone number appearing on your screen. Uh, uh, not only uh, as we approach March 5, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that I'm going to try to be back uh, even as we go on down the road. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, and I think you're running a, a great program. All right. I thank you for calling in. And, sure. Uh, I'm on, uh, I got uh, uh, 23 minutes left in the, in, in the live stream, and uh, I'm going to take this time uh, – do you want to close out your points or you want to just stay on? Because what all I'm going to do by here now is that uh, I'm going to give the names of all of the other uh, uh, black candidates in District 2. That's, that's another thing. Them 11 candidates in, in that district, that's going to be in Monroe County and all these counties. Them folks going to be going so many different directions. Guess what that's going to do that vote? Yeah. Yeah. Uh it'll yeah. make it small. Uh but uh again, uh, uh I, I think that and, and we're trying to educate people and tell people about our candidates as much as we can. And and uh and then we're just gonna work as hard as we can and pray. Well, okay. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, following through, and uh, um, you let Mister Daniel know we we hit at him hard. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 let him know, and 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 I'll let him know that we had a a great time with you, and and uh, don't be surprised. Now we got another Saturday before uh, Sunday, and all that before um, uh, March five. And so if, yeah. if if all of a sudden he appears uh uh midway on the program, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll just see what we can do. Yeah, that 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 would be even, even as 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 grandma said it, icing on the cake if it, him personally. That would be even greater. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. He he I tell you now, he has been running uh throughout the district. He has definitely been to every county in the district. And I'm not talking about just one time, uh, mm-hmm. multiple times. And and uh, a lot of people, uh, understandably, uh, want to see him. They want to spend some time with him. Uh, it's really tough on one person. 
Uh, but he has been done a good job. He has uh, put in the time. Uh, his wife is there with him. Oftentimes uh, they are in different counties, but even as a dentist, uh, she is uh, uh, helping her husband, fully committed. And then I wish I could uh, introduce uh, uh, their kids to uh, the second congressional district, uh, young children, but probably some mature children, well-disciplined, well-mannered, uh, can sit in a meeting and not jumping up and down, running here, running there. Uh, just good good people, good family. Uh, I've enjoyed being with you, and I'll just I'll, I'll listen from here on in. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Yes, sir. God bless you. All right. Thank you. All right. We're going to finish the rest of this time out. Um, we got a program that uh, we uh, originally had queued up um, that we have been running earlier, and you can find it on YouTube. It's called Alabama New Congressional District Number 2 House Radio Service Information. It runs about 36 minutes, and it really gets and it really recaptures what uh, me and this gentleman have been talking about for the past hour or two. But what I'm going to do now, I'm going to call all of the names of the 11 black, not necessarily black, but the 11 Democrats that's running in this lady. James Aberhart, a retired U.S. Marine and former 2020 congressional candidate. He's, he's grew up right above me here on a place called Riley Cross. Uh, Representative Napoleon Bracey, uh, out of Pritchard. Senator Merkel Coleman, I believe, out of a Democrat out of Pleasant Grove. Um, let's go back up. I kind of hit my button there. House Minority Leader Anthony Daniels. We spent a lot of time on him tonight because uh, it appears that the representative that called in represents him, and they represent him well. And we hope other candidates would take the same opportunity. Chamara Figures, I met him uh, yesterday uh, in Monroe. He's a former deputy chief of staff of the U.S. Attorney General and the son of uh, Vivian Davis Figures out of Mobile. Um, I do know, in talking to my brother up in Opelika, um Brother Figures is, is, is spending some kind of money. That's, that's his choice. That's what it's all about. If you got it, reach out. That's what he's doing. Also, Brian Gray, Brian Gary, I believe, G-A-R-Y, then Representative uh, Jadelian Gibbett, I met her uh, about three or four weeks ago down here in Beatrice. She's from Birmingham. Jeremy Gray, out of Opelika. Um Phyllis Harvey Hall, we run in the spot on our political page here on Facebook. Uh, it's in, educa- in education, consultant, and 2020 and 22 congressional candidate. Willie L. J. Leonard, uh, Vivian Patel, a realtor. Larry Donnell Simpson, a musician. I believe that's all of them. But those are the ones that I got here. Now, there are are white politicians running for this office as well. Uh, But I was primarily focusing on the black Democratic candidates 
uh, for tonight. But uh, we're going to be doing more programs based on that. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to go and play the uh, program that's running on YouTube uh, as well as on Facebook. Uh, of a program uh, that I talked about earlier. Let's see here. Okay, here we go. If I can find it again. That's the thing about this electronic and digital stuff. It breathes so much. Uh, take me a minute to find it. have one in front of you, better keep it in front of you. Okay. But anyway, I don't see it here. I'm going to go back and run an ad on decline in black voting. It's a decline in black voting. This Black History Month, we're highlighting not only the history makers right here at home, but the issues that impact black Americans. Upcoming primaries across the Carolinas make new data we have on election turnout, especially timing, timely. WCNC Charlotte's Kia Murray breaks down the research on this decreased voter turnout among black voters. Mawala Hub put together a ranked list measuring the states with the highest and lowest turnout among black voters. The report comes after researchers noted the difference in turnout between black and white voters back in the 2020 presidential election. Now, that's what analysts are looking at, and it showed that noticeable gap in participation. That was with 71% of white Americans taken to the polls, followed by 63% of black Americans doing the same. As for the rankings, well, here's where the Carolinas stand. North Carolina is closer to the top of the list. The Tar Heel State ranks 14th in highest political engagement. Now, South Carolina follows behind at number 20. But we wanted to know the why behind the rankings. According to the experts we asked, Low turnout among black voters exists primarily due to historical disenfranchisement, systemic discrimination, and the inequality resulting from that, including disparities in education, socioeconomic status, and political representation. That's Christine Malburn, an editor at Wallet Hub, listing the reasons for the difference in engagement. The Library of Congress broke down the disenfranchisement and inequalities she talks about like this. Even though the 14th Amendment was passed all the way back in 1868, it confirmed black Americans' rights to citizenship, but not necessarily the right to vote. States found ways to then keep black people away from the polls through things like poll taxes, literacy tests, and the infamous grandfather clause, which said you can only vote if your grandfather voted. That made it impossible for most who were descendants of slaves. But bringing it back to today... UNC Charlotte political science professor Eric Heberlig says turnout can depend on party strategy as well. De- Democrats uh, are, are pretty open that they're going to speak to the issues that are priority to voters in their coalition. African-Americans, what do they want? Hispanics, what do they want? Environmentalists, what do they want? We- Republicans tend not to have that type of targeted appeals. They uh, at least claim that they aspire to, to talk about issues that resonate with everybody. Regardless of what party or candidate black voters choose to support, though, it's a demographic all candidates will have to consider on the campaign trail. I'm Kia Murray, WCNC Charlotte. And that pattern is very evident here in Monroe County and Alabama. In fact, it's all over the country, not just in the Carolinas. 
uh, when black people fail to come out and continue to vote. And the thing about that is it vote, when you vote or not vote, it counts either way. It counts for you when you vote. It counts against you when you do not vote. And that's one reason why uh, here in Monroe County, the four high schools, uh, J.F. Seals High School, Monroe County High School, uh, XL High School, and J.U. Blackshire, one of the things that we are focusing on now with the Women League of Voters and us here in our committee here, Monroe County Vote, is make sure by March the 5th, them teenagers that's in the 12th grade uh, have their voter ID and are eligible to vote on uh, March the 5th. That's a direct influx of new voters. And that's something that needs to be done throughout this country not just for black people, but for all high school students. That's a direct inflow on an increase in your voter role in your community, in your county, in your state. That's a direct influx right there, new voters. And then the next thing is the ones that are voting, that are stopped voting, is to educate them. Wait a minute now. You, you were tuning out the fact that folks died for you to give you that right to vote, but yet still, you're not voting. Alabama, Alabama. New Congressional District, number two. We're located at um, 231 6th Avenue here in... Uh... Hold on, what I'm going to do, this is, uh, I got 11 minutes of live streaming time, and they're going to give me another 40 minutes or so. They're going to give me another, just about an hour over my streaming live time. I got 11 minutes of live time. So I'm going to begin this call. It's called Alabama New Congressional District Number 2, House Seat Radio, uh, Public Service Information. It's about voting and your rights to vote and basic information, basically the same stuff that me, me and this gentleman talked about earlier, but just to reiterate it. But if you want to hear it again, you can go to Facebook. Uh, you can click on the um, internet, on the Internet, the hashtag H-O-W-C-E-E. And uh, you'll find all kinds of stuff that I do on the radio. Okay, here we go. I'm going to be quiet from, from the rest of the program. For those who did tune in, we hope you learned something. And if you are for either one of these candidates that we uh, talked about here tonight and call their name, exercise your right to vote. We'll see you next time on House Super Production Gospel, Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Freddie C. Howard, located at 231 6th Avenue here in Beatrice, Alabama. Take care now. We'll see you next time. Alabama, New Congressional District, number two. We're located at um, 231 6th Avenue here in uh, Beatrice, Alabama on a beautiful morning. Time is about 1.38 a.m. in the morning. We want to talk to you, um, Monroe County and Beatrice and the surrounding areas, that follow House Production Gospel about um, the upcoming March the 5th uh, primary election, um, focusing primarily on uh, district number 22. Who's running? Okay, one other thing. Uh, I said 22 twice, and I 
it's District 2, not 22, District 2. We'll start it over again. Alabama, new congressional district, number two. We're located at um, 231 6th Avenue here in uh, Beatrice, Alabama, on a beautiful morning. Time is about 1.38 a.m. in the morning. We want to talk to you, um, Monroe County and Beatrice and the surrounding areas that follow House Production Gospel about... Um, the upcoming March the 5th um, primary election um, focusing primarily on uh, district number 22 who's running um, in this race for um, the new district number 22 um there are quite a few candidates running for this district. And I want to focus on um, primarily Monroe County. He's in one of the is in one of the counties in the new district number twenty two. Alabama News second congressional district on the map approved by a uh, federal court in uh, in October, this map will you, will be used for the first time in the 2024 2024 election, and um, as you can see, uh, the district is um, comprised of um, 41 plus percentage of, of black people. Um, in this district and they made it so that uh, it takes in a portion of um mobile county and it goes up a, um quite a ways um all of those people qualifying for the marshall field primary <clears throat> which ended friday for the democrat and the republican party and all congressional uh, seats are on the ballot but the District 2 became the hottest race after the federal court approved the new map. And as you can see, that's the new map. That's District 2. We got District 1 down here, District 2, and down at the southern portion of uh, Alabama. But District 2, like I said, became the hottest race after the federal court approved the new map. Now, what does this mean? What does this mean to us here in Monroe County? For any county, in fact, with this many candidates running for office, the March of Fifth primary, it's going to be rather crowded. Excuse me. Then come April the 16th is when the uh, some of those candidates are eliminated. Well, some of them are going to be eliminated on March the 5th by not getting sub substantial enough votes to keep running. 
But for Monroe County in particular, out of the 11 Democratic candidates, Monroe County is Republican and Democrat people in Monroe County. Um, somebody is not going to um, be able to make the cut. I believe the best thing to do for whoever is running or whoever you want to vote for to get the maximum amount of um, people voting is to there's so many candidates and so many people picking and choosing who they want. I mean, you're going 10, 15, 20 different directions. And particularly for Democrats in Alabama, with 11 Democrats vote on the ballot in Monroe County, who out of those 11 Democrats going to be successful to make it to the April 6th? April 16th, there are quite a few people. I'm going to name them for you. James A. Everhart, Napoleon Bracey Jr., Anthony Daniels of Huntsville, a former Justice Department official, Shamara Figures, Representative um, Jeremy Gray of Opelika, Phyllis Hall, Harvey Hall, a government retiree and businessman. William J. Leonard of Pikes Road. Larry Darrell Simpson, a businessman. Vermel Patel of Troy, Senator Marika Coleman of Pleasant Road. Representative Jadalian Giving of Birmingham. Dr. Brian Gary, a general surgeon at Jackson Hospital, and Dara Sinkfield, assistant executive director of field services for the Alabama Department of Education. Now, uh, I believe um, one of the candidates withdrawed from this election. Let me see, uh, make sure. Uh, who that is. I had that up earlier, but I need to make sure. Let's go back over here. I need to make sure he is that withdrawal from that. I'm going to go to the um, um, our webpage here, if you will. Bear with us. I'm going to go to our webpage and um, it's our, our, our Democratic. Uh, okay, let's go ahead. Y'all bear with me a minute. Uh, it's our vote. It's our get out the vote. I'm about to find it here. I'm going to kind of Democrats get out the vote. Okay. All right, let's go down here. Okay, here we go. There is 
so many candidates running. It's, it's just going to really be a difficult thing to um, pick a candidate because there's so many in the race, so many in that race trying to win. Now, bear with me here. Let's see here. I believe it's down here. Okay, yeah. Okay, here are, the, here are those candidates that are running because uh, I believe St. Field was the one that uh, – um, yeah, I believe. Yeah, Gary Sinkfield withdrew from the race in December. I'm sorry about that. That leaves 11 candidates on the Democrat side. 11 candidates plus eight Republicans. Plus eight. Now, when you go to vote in Monroe County out of the 32, 30 or 29, 30 odd precincts. If we are voting in all kind of different directions, and that's for anywhere in the state of Alabama, that somebody vying for a position in, in the, to be the Senate elect for district number two, there are just so many candidates. It's going to be a process of elimination. And you could say just let the process take place and they will eliminate themselves. But in each particular county, you really need to focus on who you're going to vote for. Because when you're voting in that manner, your opponent doesn't have to do as much work because you got there's so many people voting for different people, it's going to dilute, dilute the, the total number of votes coming out of your particular county. But the thing about that is it is uh, so difficult in those early stages to get the right person for your particular district and who you want. Like I said, James Aberhart, a retired U.S. Marine and former 2020 congressional candidate, representing Napoleon Bracey, Jr. out of Pritchard. Senator Merkia Coleman of Pleasant Grove, House Minority Leader Anthony Daniels, a Democrat out of Huntsville, Shamara Figures, a former Deputy Chief of Staff to the U.S. Attorney General and the son of Senator Vivian Davis Figures out of Mobile, Brian Gary, Representative Jadalian Giving, a Democrat out of Birmingham, Representative Jeremy Gray, Democrat out of Opelika. Phyllis Harvey Hall, an educator consultant and 2020 and 2022 congressional candidate, 2020 and 2022 congressional candidate. Wheelie J. Leonard, Vermeil Patel, a realtor, and Larry Daniels Simpson, a musician. Also in that, on the Republican side, Senator uh, Greg Arberson out of Atmore, former Senator Dick Brubaker, Pike Hill Road, Caroline Dobson, an attorney, 
Paula M. Dupree, a business owner and 2022 U.S. Senate candidate. Wallace Gibbery, a former University of Alabama NFL football player. Um, Hampton Harris, a realtor. Stacey T. Uh, Shepson, Belinda Thomas, a member of the new Newton City Council in Dale County. We're going to share this this tab here over on the and go back over those names again for you. The race for Alabama New Congressive District will be a crowded one. Believe you me, it's crowded. Again, those candidates. James Averhart, Repolian Bracey, Merkel Coleman, House Minority Leader Anthony Daniels, Shemari Figures, Brian Gary, Representative Givings, Jeremy Givings out of Birmingham, Representative Jermaine, Jeremy Gray out of Opelika, Phyllis Harvey, Willie J. Leonard, Vimeo Patel, a realtor, and Larry Daniels, Simpson, a musician, plus the Republicans that are running. Greg Arberton, Atmo, Dick Brubaker, Carolyn Dobson, Carla M. Dupreece, Weary, Hampton Harris, Stacey T. Shun, and Belinda Thomas running for those two offices. That is going to be a crowded, crowded field. And uh, in those for District 2, a portion of Mobile, a portion of Mobile, Washington County, coming up here to Monroe County, Conecuh County, Butler, Pike County, Barbara County, Russell, Bullitt, Macon, and Montgomery County. That is a very crowded field of people running for this particular office. Um, importantly, guys, that we understand something about what is taking place in this election. The court set it aside so be primary a black district. But it's incumbent upon black people in this district to come out and vote. If you want a representative of your skin color to represent you, that does not say that a white person can't represent district too. That does not say that a black person would be better than a white person or whoever other runs other than an African American. It is free and open to whoever gets the most votes to be representative of this new congressional district aside. 
so that Alabama will have a black representative for the second district in Alabama. There is, there is, um, seven, right now it's six, all of them are controlled by Republicans. But I want you to understand that it is important that we come out. Get yourself registered. March the 5th is two two weeks away. Today is um, uh, February the 20th. February the 20th. We, We got less than two weeks. We got less than two weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Fourteen days to come together as people in this country. And the thing we use about I, I, I'm talking to our, our, our black citizen in Alabama. Why have you stopped voting? Our white brothers and sisters is depending on us to continue to stop voting and not going to vote. Voting is important. Uh, in the last election, in the last election, guys, in the last election, if it would not have been for the surrounding counties, when Thomas Jackson was running for District 68, Representative Thomas Jackson, that's in the House now, representing uh, 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 District 8, District 68, he would have lost. He was up against a, 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 a local politician here from Monroe County. And he just about lost that race because the people wasn't voting. And if it had been depending on the people in Monroe County, he would have lost. The voting was just that poor. And the question is, and the question is, why are we not voting? What has happened to us that people died in the in in in, in the Silverton, Montgomery Mark died in all parts of this nation for the right to vote and here we are a people not voting. And what, what what's behind that? You have a right responsibility as a being a part of the nation to be involved in the process of voting or picking this list. If you want to sit back and say that your vote do not count, you sit back and you do that. But I guarantee you, your vote do count. It counts for you or against you. 
It counts for you if you exercise your right to vote. It counts against you if you exercise your right not to vote. And we are all interconnected. You may think that you have your whatever you got, whatever, and you all independent, and you can do anything that you want. That is true. But you are your brothers and sisters keeper. You are. You are connected. And it speak of those terms in the in the Bible about who you are. Don't just think you out here by yourself and, and and whatever you do don't affect nobody else. It does. It whatever you do do affect other people. Whatever you do not do affect other people. You need to get up off your duffs and go vote. Now, we sit back and we talk about what uh, 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 the GOP, the Republicans, uh, now they're black and white Republicans and they're black and white Democrats. But guess what? What about what is right? It is your responsibility. This is a life, faith-driven action. It is a faith-driven action to go vote. And why is that? Why is that? You don't know what the person that you uh, pray for and and ask God to guide and send your way and to do things that are better for you to help you in, in your situation. You don't know who God's going to send. But if you don't reach out in a faith move, by voting, action, voting is a faith move. In other words, you pray and look at a person, look at the candidates and see what they're saying, and, and you make a choice. And you step inside of that voting booth, and you mark who you believe will be the best to help you do what you need to do with as a citizen, as a community. And guess what? It matters who you send to your county seat. It matters who you send to your mayor seat. It matters who you send to the commissioner seat. It matters whoever you send to represent you. And who do you want to represent you? Do you want somebody representing you that do not care nothing about your interests or do not care about your family or care about your community or care about uh, your schools and your your businesses and the jobs and, 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 and the highways and the stuff and the city streets and stuff like that? No, you want somebody in there that's going to be caring about it. You don't want somebody in there going to be in there just to go along, get along, get more money for prestige. You want somebody that genuinely care about you and your problems, whatever your problems are. You ask God to send somebody to help. 
and God works through me and you. Youngsters coming out of high school at the age of 17 and a half to 18 years old, when they get out of the 12th grade, they should be registered and prepared to vote. For the four high schools here in Monroe County, those kids that are 17 and a half and that will be 18 by March the 5th, make sure they are registered to vote and in line and, 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 and eligible to go to the poll on March the 5th. High school principals, high school uh, teachers, high school counselors, Superintendent Greg Sheehan, board members, make sure the people in Monroe County at our four high schools of J.F. Shields High School Monroe County High School, Excel High School, and J.U. Blackshire High School, all of those kids that will be 18 by March the 5th, make sure they are registered and have voting IDs and can go to the poll and vote. You do your part to have them ready to vote. And for them to vote, that's still just like me and you. They are an individual. They have a choice. But you do not give them a choice about whether they are registered to vote or not registered to vote. You do your part. Send them out of that high school as a registered, eligible voter with a voter ID so they can go to the poll and vote. That's a direct influx into increasing the voter turnout for your community, for your county, for your state, and for the nation. It is important that you register yourself personal and that you're in a position in a school and have the responsibility of getting high school seniors that are 17 years old now and, and will be 18 by March the 5th be registered to vote for the uh, March 5th uh, election, also for the April 16th primary, and for the national election in November. That's a responsible thing to do. It's too important. There is so much taking place in this nation when it comes to voting. Why do you think people are tearing and pulling at the, your eligibility and your right to vote. Because it's important. That's your representation. I want to go back one more time for us to understand exactly who's running and, and, and what's the importance of, of it. There are 11, 11, there are 11 Democrats running. James Averhart, a retired U.S. Marine and former 2020 congressional candidate. Napoleon Bracey, Democrat out of, out of Pritchard. Senator 
Myrtle Coleman, I'm hoping to pronounce that, out of Pleasant Grove. House Minority Leader, Annie Daniels, out of Huntsville. Shamira Figures, a former Chief of Staff at the U.S. Attorney General's. Brian Gary, Representative Jadalyn Given out of Birmingham, Representative Jeremy Gray, Phyllis Harvey, Willie Leonard, Vimeo Patel, and Larry Daniels, plus the Republican candidate, Greg Arbiter, Atmore, Senator Dick Brewer, Caroline Dobson, an attorney, Kyla M. Dupreece, Wallace Gilberry, Hampton Harris, Stacey Weatherston, and Bill Lewis. These are the candidates that's going to be in the thrall of candidates that's going to be voted for March the 5th. If you're a church leader, if you're a pastor, if you're a deacon, you are a minister, and you have a people in your flock. Stand up and tell them to vote. That's another thing. Uh, um, when we were coming up, I'm 77 years old. When we were coming up, guys, ministers and pastors and deacons and Sunday school teachers, they were constantly telling black folks, go vote. When they, our white brothers and sisters through the Klan and other uh, efforts were hanging us and, 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 and killing us and burning us out and bumming our homes and bumming our churches, oh, we were, we were in the church praying and calling on God that you, you get us to vote and representation. Now that you got it, you didn't sit down. Don't say you haven't because you have. And ministers in Monroe County and throughout the state of Alabama get back in that pulpit and minister to the whole body of your people, your Christian people. You are responsible for them. That includes their citizenship. You are responsible through Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us to tell your people that are Christians that come in your sphere of influence and teaching their responsibility as a citizen. It is their civic responsibility. What did God say? What did Jesus say when they were talking about government and, 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 and Christians? What did he tell them? Render the things unto Caesar that are Caesar. That's government. Politics. In fact, they don't, don't come with this stuff about ain't no politics in the church. The church is politics. Jesus Christ turned over the tables. What do you think was going on when they crucified Jesus Christ? Politics. It's time we go back home. 
That's to Jesus Christ, God, our creator, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, praying and teaching our people about their responsibility. You are responsible for your brothers and sisters. And with that, I'm going to close. Let us pray. Our Father and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for the opportunity to speak to our brothers and sisters about their responsibility to vote and the importance of the vote. Give us the courage to stand in spite of the danger for our jobs or our lives or whatever the situation is of why we're not voting. Give us the courage to stand up again as a people and exercise our civic responsibility to teach our children about voting, to tell each other the importance of voting and how it is our civic responsibility, our God-given right as a citizen of this country called America to exercise that right. We are so divided because we are not sending leaders to lead us in this nation who are Christian, loving, kind, compassionate, thinking about the other side and the other person type people to political office. We are sending people that are selfish. We are sending people that are hateful. We are sending people that are want prefer this race against that race, for, it, it, trying to control people instead of letting God control them through faith. Give us the courage, Jesus. We do not know who out of these 11 Democratic persons are Republican candidates going to win or be victorious for district number two, the new congressional district here in Alabama. We don't know because we are exercising our faith in you and our faith in our decision to go into the poll to vote. And it's up to you, Jesus. But we must do our part. As human beings, we must do our part. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. These are many blessings we ask in our son Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. We thank you all for being here with us. Um, we're going to um, share this. And uh, we hope you um, go out and vote. God bless you. See you next time. The one thing we Let me give you the keys to your new home. Jenny. A. Henderson, Realtor, in Florida and Alabama, 251-362-1011, jhenderson218 at yahoo.com. Email jhenderson218 at yahoo.com. Rody Realtors in Alabama, Rennie Realtors in Florida. Let me give you the keys to your new home.
You're listening to House C Internet Radio, located at 2316th Avenue, down south in the big city of Beatrice, Alabama. You're listening to House C Internet Radio. Enjoy. You're listening to House C Internet Radio, located at 2316th Avenue, down south in the big city of Beatrice, Alabama. You're listening to House C Internet Radio. Enjoy. Good morning and welcome to House C Internet Radio. We are your internet source for gospel music, news, commentary, and more at House C Internet Radio. We're located at 2316 Avenue here in Beatrice, Alabama. You can contact us by cell phone at 1-251-362-1935 or email us at freddyschoward at gmail.com. You can contact us on the internet by our hashtag at H-O-W-C-E-E, House E Production Gospel. We are your internet radio source, located at 231 6th Avenue in Beatrice, Alabama. Thank you. If you want to add, send us a call at 1-251-362-1935 or email us at freddyschoward at gmail.com. We are your internet radio source. 
Good morning and welcome to How See Internet Radio. We are your internet source for gospel music, news, commentary, and more at How See. You're listening to How See Internet Radio, located at 231 6th Avenue, down south in the big city of Beatrice, Alabama. You're listening to How See Internet Radio. Enjoy. Good evening and welcome to House E Production Gospel Blog Talk Radio. It's a jazzy day for you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Smooth jazz, a mixture of gospel jazz with blues jazz here on House E Production Gospel Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to House E Internet Radio. We are your internet source for gospel music, news, commentary, and more at House C Internet Radio. We're located. Let me give you the keys to your new home. Jenny A. Henderson, Realtor in Florida and Alabama. 251-362-1011. J. Henderson, 218 at yahoo.com. Email J. Henderson, 218 at yahoo.com. Rody Realtors in Alabama. Rennie Realtors in Florida. Let me give you the keys to your new home. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 